Hello. I know. Oh, I see what you did there. You see what I did? Hey, Griffin. Hey, David. How are we doing? I think I'm doing great. Uh, a little loopy. I'm a little loopy. I also, I thought there was a gas leak in my apartment, and I came here pretty feel, feeling pretty lightheaded, and I just got an email from my landlord telling me that it was uh, just welding that was happening, making a terrible odor. So I'm still feeling loopy, but now I'm relieved. Important information. Thank you for that information. To Welcome right to out of the, way. the podcast strikes back. We're striking back, motherfuckers. All right. Griffin Day present the podcast strikes back. We started this podcasting franchise out as an exploration of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Mass, the George mm-hmm. Lucas film. This is true. We then found out there was a second film. Whoa! Attack the clones. Huh? The clones attacked. Okay, well, let's close the book. Wait, what? There's revenge another of the, chapter. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. The Sith are getting revenge. We no, were they never sure. say the word Sith in these original movies. No, not at they all. They say it a lot in the, the original The sequel movies. trilogy. Yeah, they the don't sequel. say it at all. Um, we, we were sure that the, the book was closed. Then he took a new volume off the shelf, Georgie, and he went, guess what? I made these in the 70s. Crazy. I worked on them. I tinkered on them 70s for decades. 70s and 80s. Right. And then, yeah, this one came out in 1980. And then- So we, last week, we talked about Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. Yeah. Uh, Boom. On an uh, episode called A New Podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic. This, the Library classic. of Congress is already constructing a whole wing around it. Hey, unbelievable that we didn't even know about it. <laughs> it's really stupid. Uh, I hate bits. Me too. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Film. And here's, I just want to do a little announcement here. A little announcement. Ooh. Uh, as, as you may or may not know, we didn't know, there is a new Star Wars movie coming out. J.J. Abrams. Directed The Force Awakens, episode seven. So I guess in episode six, the Force is going to take a fall nap. asleep. It's going to yeah. at least take a nap. Okay. Uh, we have bought our tickets. We have. I had to return my tickets for Alvin the Chipmunks for the road trip. Yeah, because they both come out on the same that. night. It's fine. I'll go see it the next day. It's fine. Um, I got a good uh, secondary market price for it too, because there was I had I had like IMAX opening night. <laughs> Imagine if there was an IMAX that was showing the road ship, any IMAX screen in yeah, this country. Yeah, there, there was. Yes, no, there was. I was going to New Brunswick to see the road ship <laughs> and IMAX, and I sold my tickets for a good price because it was sold out screening. Anyway, we're going to see Star Wars The Force Awakens on December 17th. Whoa. The next morning, we're going to wake up, come here, record an episode. Whoa. Now, we want to get that episode out to you folks. We don't want yes. it sitting on a shelf because no. there's going to be some hot takes. Hot and fresh takes. I'm wiping off the sweat of the hot take. So what does that mean? That means that with the schedule we have right now, to make sure that we we re- watch these movies properly, yeah. cover them properly, and then get out advance, the episode seven in time. Guess what? It's a it's a pre Christmas miracle. It's a twofer. You got two episodes coming down the pike this wow. week. Wow. So right now, this is your normal Monday episode, and then coming later this week at a day of the week we have not decided yet. Yeah, at some point you will get. Probably like a Thursday. Return of the podcast. Wednesday or a Thursday, right, Benny? Let's say Thursday. So check that feed. You're going to have today, if you're listening to this right off the presses, the podcast strikes back. Later in the week, return of the podcast. And then the following Monday on our normal day, the podcast awakens. <whistles> might be a Christmas special in there, too. Why am I saying might? Why play coy? There's going to be let a Christmas special. The podcast holiday special is going to happen. Uh, and then we're never going to talk about Star Wars ever again. Now, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have gone good riddance. Don't need to talk about these movies Holy ever again. Holy shit. Little did we know, 
This movie's crazy. David, this movie is really good, right? Is amazing. Here's the weird thing about it. Yeah. George Lucas didn't make it. Okay, now this is huge. This movie is called Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Cool title. It's directed by a motherfucker called Irvin Kershner. Director of Spies. The director of RoboCop 2. I mean, here's the thing. I love RoboCop. RoboCop is probably my favorite sci-fi movie of all time. It's probably my fourth favorite movie ever. RoboCop's the best. It's the best. It's I not my favorite sci-fi movie of all time. That's crazy. But I think, it is awesome. I Well, I, the only reason I put it lower is whether or not, you know, it's hard sci-fi or whatever. But RoboCop, I, there are three movies in history I like more than RoboCop. Uh, Wait, what are they? Yeah. Uh, Toy Story 2. You're so weird. Uh, Rushmore. And Robert Altman's Brewster McCloud. You're so fucking weird. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. Go on. Not necessarily in that order, but that's the, those four films along with uh, Sidney Lumet's The Wiz probably comprised my top five favorite movies of all time. Interesting. RoboCop is my number two film of 1987. What's number one? Broadcast News. Get the fuck out of here. I love Broadcast News too. That's maybe 15 on my list, on my all-timer list. Yeah. Uh, anyway, RoboCop 2, I hate. I have never been able to watch- RoboCop 2 is dog shit. All the way through. It's yeah. garbage. So if you said to me, oh, guess what? The director of Never Say Never Again and RoboCop 2 is going to do Star Wars a Star Wars movie. movie. Oh, so I loved RoboCop, and then he took RoboCop and turned it into that. I finally liked a Star Wars movie. The director of The Flim Flam Man and The Return of a Man Called Horse. You give me- These are films that he made. A real Star Wars movie for once, and you're going to tell me that you're going to hand that movie retroactively <laughs> to, the, to the guy who directed- RoboCop 2, you're going to hand him retroactively a Star Wars movie, Episode 5, after the first one that worked, I would say, go take a hike. Suck a lemon. Sit sit on it. Here's the premise of Return of a Man Called Horse, which came out in 1976, one year before Star Wars. The English gentleman known as Horse returns to the American West to save his adopted Indian tribe from extinction. So there you go. This is an interesting. That's the movie he made before. No, he actually he made Eyes of Lord Mars, which is actually really good. Oh, that movie's good. I didn't know he directed that. Back. Oh, really? Yeah it's, yeah, it's his best non-Empire Strikes Back movie. Well, that's the important point here. Is uh, fucking Kirsch. I love him. He hit it out of the park. But he, he this he destroyed just destroyed this movie. Now it's George amazing. definitely has a lot of influence on it. It's not like he just handed over the reins to someone else. That is true. But what, George Lucas is not even credited as writing the screenplay. He has a story film. credit. He has a story credit. Do you know what I would compare it to? Please go ahead. I would say that George kind of functioned as the showrunner. Yeah, it's sort of like with Clone Wars. He stepped back from the franchise so he could oversee the bigger picture thing. I think he also became very, very involved in merchandising. Yes. As we had not touched on in Star Wars because we just didn't have the time last week, but that movie was basically like the beginning of the whole merchandising thing. You can't George even do had, a merchandise spotlight because there's too much It's to too cover. much. George too had, much as like a sort of sneaky little clause in his contract, total control over the merchandise. Oh, do you, do you know what the exact contract was? Go ahead. This is one of the smartest business decisions the film in his. The was uh, released and owned by 20th Century Fox. Right. Uh, so George Lucas wanted to make Star Wars. Everyone was like, you lunatic. Yeah, people were not into it. Go he had made turd. two movies. He'd made American Graffiti, like but, but and even pre-American Graffiti, he was pitching Star Wars. Yeah, and they no, were he like, always, And have you seen some of the early pitches for this thing? It's demented, incomprehensible. Yeah, incomprehensible. With the help of a woman named Marsha Lucas, who was his wife, she kind of yeah. went, George, what are you actually trying to get out here? Help streamline a lot of it. Finally, they went to 20th Century Fox. Alan Ladd, who is 
notably a, a very outside the box thinker for a major studio head. Mm-hmm. Right? Just went, I don't know if this thing makes any sense, but I loved American Graffiti. I think this is a guy worth betting on. Right. Now, just really important context. Within the same year or the year before, Robert Altman is is picked up in in a you know uh, town car to go to the airport okay. to fly to New York. Where's this going? This is important, I think. Go on. And uh, he's talking to his driver, and he's like, "I had this really weird dream last night. It's like it was like a it's like." It's like a woman, and then another. The one woman was in the pool, and then the other woman saved. And then it's like the one. The woman flipped, and he was like trying to explain the dream, and he couldn't really remember it totally. And they were driving to the airport, and they drove past the 20th Century Fox lot. And he was like, "Would you mind? What, what, how much time do we have until the flight?" He's like, "Like an hour, hour fifteen. He's like, Would you mind pulling in here? I'll just be like ten minutes." Robert Altman gets out of the car. He's gone for like 10, 15 minutes. He comes back in. He's like, "Okay, I sold it to Fox." Okay. They're like, what? And he was like, yeah, the dream I was just describing. I went to Alan Ladd, and I pitched it to him, and he gave me a green light. And that was uh, Three Women. Great movie. My point is that Alan Ladd was that outside the box. Robert Altman could come into his office and pitch a dream on the way to the airport (laughs) and give it a budget, right? Yeah. And so Star Wars, which now looks like what is mostly populating the film landscape. Yeah, Star Wars is basically copied by every movie. But at the time was viewed as a big risk, and everyone else passed on it, and Alan Ladd was like, Ah, green little Robert Altman dream. Why not green light this? American Graffiti was a big hit. The guy has a track record. Sounds interesting. Sounds different. We, we should say, by the way, I think green lighting three women was a financially ruinous decision by Alan Ladd. Yeah, but guess what? Star Wars <laughs> came out fucking the, movie. the same year. I believe both were 1977. Uh, that's probably true, but I'm... So I don't know if one started production earlier than the other, because Star Wars probably had a longer lead time. But they were, like, right around the same time, which is why I want to tell that story. Also, I think that's, like, the funniest story in the world, that he pitched a dream on the way to the airport. And the movie is wonderful, but also, like... It's a bit crazy. Yeah. Let's get back to The Empire Strikes Back, because I want to point out who wrote this movie. But, well, well, uh, uh, Alan Ladd. Okay. Gives the green light to Star Wars. Yeah. But they didn't want to give him the budget they want. The budget was so huge because all the things oh, he right. wanted We're to realize. Oh, merchandising. Right. right, right, right. So George Lucas had a pretty high quote at that point, because American Graffiti was huge. He was, was an huge. Oscar nominee. He was Oscar nominee, two categories. Huge, right? So he goes, okay... I'll waive my director's fee. Yeah, don't pay me. Don't pay me, period. We can put that back into the budget of the film, production budget. In exchange, I, in perpetuity, own the rights. To the sequels? And the merchandising. Yep. Pretty good. Bloody fucking amazing. Well, I think because back then it was like merchandising, what, like. A, a posters yeah. like sequels you... you think you're gonna make a sequel to yeah. this thing like, all right well fine you can have that shit yeah. so uh, that's the last time that deal was ever made yep no one will ever get a deal like that no now the studio's like ever yeah. again ever again good job georgie great job so georgie. he's the producer of empire this is an almost independent film story by george lucas yes he right he has the story he has the idea it's written up by lee brackett who i believe was an older woman an no, she was she was like yeah, sixty year old woman right. who had written like The Big Sleep, Rio Bravo, yes. all these old noir movies. But she got sick or died during writing, right? She died in nineteen seventy eight. Wow, I think she got too sick to finish it. So she yeah 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 yeah, yeah she yeah. died. You're right. He hired her in nineteen seventy seven after yeah. the movie came out, and she died. Uh yeah, I mean she Half definitely wrote a script and died of cancer. Yeah, but it does seem like a lot of the script is um you know. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Now, this was his first 
produced screenplay. Uh, that sounds right. He was a young buck. He'd been writing a lot of stuff. A couple of his specs have been traveling That's around his town. First screenplay. Yeah. He had a lot of heat. His second screenplay is a little film called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, guy came out of the gate strong and then finally got to make these small white people domestic dramas that he wanted to, domestic dramedies. Yeah. What's, like, what's the best Lawrence Kasdan movie that he directed, in your opinion? Is it, is it The Big Chill? Oh, no, it's Body Heat. Yeah, it's Body Heat. No question. Accidental is good, too. He, yeah. His 80s career is great, and then his 90s career is, is not his 2000s career is abysmal. Well, his 2000s career is Dreamcatcher. Mumford. Mumford's actually 99. Uh, what about uh, Darling Companion? Have you seen Darling Companion? I have not. I can't tell you how much I hate that movie. Here's a story I've never told you before. During a real, real like dry period in my career, yeah, I was trying to get work as a as a film critic writing for websites. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I got like a connection, and I got into a screening of Darling Companion. That was my first assignment was to write a review of Darling Companion, and I couldn't do it. Who is it for? Some website. Okay. That I I couldn't even tell you the name of. I remember going to check in at the screening, and I couldn't remember the name of the people who had hired me to do it. Wow. And I just never sent in my review. And that was that. Because I was like, all I want to do is just write for seven pages how much I hate this movie. But not in a constructive it. way. The internet. I realized, well, and then I got into this whole thing of like, I know how hard it is to make a movie. Isn't it a little that. worrying that Lawrence Kasdan's last three uh, screenwriting credits are Dreamcatcher, Darling, Darling Companion. Companion, and Star Wars The Force Awakens? Yeah. Or are we going to be okay? I think we're going to be okay. Okay. But let's talk about the movie at hand. George Lucas steps back. The Empire strikes back. George Lucas is is looking at the larger picture. Nice work, David. George Lucas. Really good job. Really good job. job. We're all so (laughs) proud of you. George Lucas steps back, sort of functions as a showrunner. Goes, here's where I want the story to go. I think he's plotting multiple movies at once. He starts going, okay, we're going to do these movies. Then we're going to go back and do episode one, two, and three so that everyone can wait and not watch these movies until one, two, and three come out and then watch these movies. Of course, an order that makes a ton of sense, and then all the merchandising. So I think he has a heavy hand over this. I think he's on set all the time. But much like in TV, you hire a director to actually do the directing on the day. You hire a writer to execute the story that you have broken. And God, these two people like fill in a lot of George's Might be the best directed spots. film of the series so far. It might be. Do we want to... Should we save this for the end of episode or should we get this out right now? Do you like this more or less than A New Hope? I like it more. I like it less. Yeah, I like it more. I I've think already, it's I, great. I, it's, it's I, there's something about the newness, no pun intended, of A New Hope. And I like I how fair. tight it is, yeah. how contained it is. But it's definitely... This is the most mature Star Wars movie we've seen so far. Irving Kershaw is much more of an actor's this movie director. is... Incredible. It's incredible. And we're about to get into how incredible it is. But he gets nuanced performances out, and Lawrence Kasdan is so good at dialogue, you know? This movie has a lot of humanity to it. There's a lot of humor. Yes. There's a lot of bleak sort of, like, you know, reckoning going on, but through humor and through banter and through... It's it's the best movie. Less to be said. A lot of romance, too. Let's get straight into it. Of course, with the opinions of... Someone who has spoken on mic but has not been introduced formally. Oh my God! Who's that in the corner? We were too excited peeping to introduce away. him. Peeping away, peeping away. He's peeping us. Oh, he's raising his he's eyebrows. Raising his eyebrows. It's a and quite, this guy, quite, quite for once, not scarlet with anger. He's he's scarlet well, with joy. Opposite. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> Producer Ben, aka Ben Deucer, aka the Haas, aka 
The Poet Laureate. A.K.A. Hello Fennel. A.K.A. The Peeper. A.K.A. Birthday Benny. A.K.A. Obi-Wan ben, old ben Kenobi. Old ben, producer Ben Kenobi. It's Ben Hosley, motherfucker. There he is. Hey, guys. The producer of this podcast. That's right. Guys. Outspoken back. fan of Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to oh, read man. you. It's the bet. It's my favorite, actually. Really? I think. Yeah, it's I think favorite. it might be my favorite. I believe it. I'm going to read you the opening crawl to Empire Strikes Back. Great. It is a dark time for the rebellion. Oh. Although the Death Star has been destroyed previously on, yeah. right, Imperial troops have driven the rebel forces from their hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Ooh, that's t- so scary. A little bit of time has passed. Yeah. They've been rooted out of that moon base, uh-huh. I guess, on Yavin. They're on the run. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker. Oh, uh, that's my boy. Has established a new secret base on the remote ice world of Hoth. Oh, man. Love Ice this world. world. That's cool. Love this world. The evil Lord Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker, has dispatched thousands of remote probes into the far reaches of space. A little bit of a soft ending to that one there. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh no, probes! Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, this takes place three years after Star Wars. Now, I don't know if you've been reading uh, Marvel Comics. The, the, the Star Wars stuff? Yeah. I actually haven't. I've been getting into it right now. I hear they're good. Yeah, because uh, now they're all under the Disney family, and they've mm-hmm. been doing uh, new comic books that are uh, officially considered part of canon. Yes. And so a lot of miniseries, but the main series, which is just called Star Wars and is an ongoing comic book series, yes. uh, is, takes place in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I had no idea. Crazy. That's what the main series is what are filling the other in ones? that time. Uh, there was a Princess Leia miniseries. Okay. There's a Darth Vader that's ongoing. Okay. It was a trade paperback called um, Shattered Empire that takes place after, in between episodes six and seven. Okay, I was wondering if there was any of that stuff. Yeah, there's one. But the main ongoing story, the one main titular is Star Wars series. four and five. Yes. Um, they got a Chewbacca series. I think it just started Lando cool. series. I haven't caught up with those yet. Lando. Lando. We're going to talk about We're going to talk about that guy. Willie D. Billiams. <laughs> Willie, I told you that. Yeah, right? you told me that. Uh, Who is that? I, I, that's John Bander, John Bander, who's a great uh, comedian, great, uh, comedic actor. Uh, you can see him at the UCB Theater on the Characters Welcome Team, uh, I think once sure. a month on Mondays. He does a sketch. I, I don't know if he still does it, but he does a sketch. I just got to give him props here. No, it's so good. Uh, where he's a guy, uh, like a Hollywood schmoozer dropping names, and the bit is that he flips the name. Anyone, he calls Will Smith Bill Smith. And he calls, he calls uh, Bill Cosby Will Cosby. Yeah, he just flips that to make it always sound like he's closer with them. And it, the the thing just keeps on building and building. It's the same joke, but he just keeps on doing it. Every time he says a name, they project the face of the person. And, and it builds up to him going, and who walked in? Would you believe it? None other than Willie D. Billions. And the <laughs> really whole good. bit is just so he can get to that joke. And it's so worth it. It's a great... Great thing. Uh, John Bander is great. Uh, look at John Bander. There's Love no way him. he listens to this podcast, and now we've just spent two minutes talking about how great he is. This movie begins on the ice planet of Hoth. Oh, there was something important I wanted to say about the comic books. Oh, fine. Yeah, go ahead. Because this is now considered part of canon. A lot of the expanded universe was wiped out. No, I know. When so Disney what, is, what happens to the comic book? Uh, because it takes place in the main stretch here, and I know, I know this is you know implied, but yes. the comic books are really fleshing this out. Uh, Darth Vader has no idea who blew up the Death Star. Interesting. So it's not even that, like, he's now seen... Right, because why would they? They just know some rebels did right. It, right, yeah. So he's seen Luke Skywalker, but doesn't know that's his son. And he, like, chased down 
Luke in the ship and said, like, the Force is strong with this one, but he didn't know who it was. He doesn't know that that's the guy, right. the pilot, who actually blew up the Death Star. Right. So I think that's big. The comic books have, like, that was always sort of implied, but the comic books have really highlighted that in a way that I think is interesting. And watching this movie through that prism as the point here, he's searching. Like, he doesn't know who the fuck blew this up, but he wants to find that asshole and take him down. And Luke Skywalker is now in deep with the Rebel Alliance. Right. He's not just some kid weekend warrior, let me fly a he ship. He blew up the Death Star. Yeah, and he's like, you know, not just going like, okay, let me rest on my laurels, let me get a corner office. He's out there in the front lines doing it. So this movie starts, Ice Planet, Hoth. We see a main ship. Oh, it's a classic opening yeah, Star Wars shot. Yeah, we see the Star Destroyer. From underneath, the Star Destroyer comes yeah, out. It, it shoots, shoots out a probe thing. droid, and probe it lands droid on Hoth. goes, flies around. This thing is so cool. It looks like a jellyfish. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a metal jellyfish. squid. It's like, it's it has so a weird cool. noise where it's like, and it's like looking, and then we see the snow. It's all white, and then we see like, how would you even describe this animal? It's called a tauntaun. It's kind of like a ram. It has like weird ram horns. But then it's built a little like a kangaroo. Yeah, it looks like a kangaroo body. Right. It runs in this kind of herky-jerky motion because it's sort of a stop-motion creation. Curly gray fur. And uh, it's like, I don't know, I can't do it. He's like the new Booga. No, he's better than Booga. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not some bullshit. I don't say that. I will concede Fuck that I like this Tauntaun better than Booga. Don't, David, don't say that. This is a positive <laughs> podcast. We finally a found question. a movie we liked. We're in two movies is in Han a row Solo, that we like. Is he with Luke the whole time? No. No? So he goes off and does stuff? Oh, in the comic books yeah, you're saying? Yeah, in the comic books. They splinter off, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because now Luke and Han, they're on their Tauntauns. There were a lot of side missions. The comic books, it's like, it's like the continuing adventures of the Rebel Alliance trying to yeah, regain sure. Yeah, yeah. But here we are on Hoth, which is an ice planet. Yes. It is snow. And Luke's like looking around. Now, and I've complained in the past, and it's true of these movies too. Every planet is one thing. It's and like Hoth is a nice planet. One weather condition. Yeah. yeah. And it's snow. Yeah. And uh, they're going home. Han goes off to inspect the probe droid. Or no. No, Han just goes home, and Luke goes off to uh, inspect some readings. Yeah. And he gets captured by a, a wampa. Wampa motherfucker. I was looking for my phone charger in my backpack. He gets Wampa captured by a Wampa, which is like an abominable fucker. snowman with claws who strings him up. I, I just want to quickly get through this because it's it feel it's it's nice, clean storytelling again. The Wampa kind of traps Luke in, in his like ice cave, and Luke is separated from his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And what does he do to get it back? He uses the force. He uses the but it's force. hard. It's hard. He's like Argh. He's still learning. Now, and he finally gets the lightsaber in his hand at the last minute and chops that Wampa's arms off. Uh, this is an exciting sequence. We're essentially in Meteor Res. Yeah, a little us bit. Into the adventure. But I just think, you know, for larger context, it's important to note one of the reasons the sequence happened this early, was constructed the way it was, in between the yeah. release of... Oh, Luke. Yeah, Mark Hamill got in like a Mark car Hamill accident. Mark Hamill got in a really bad car Although, accident. A motorcycle face. accident, I think. But this has been much disputed over the years. Because I feel like there's these rumors like his face got ripped off. It was like majorly reconstructed. No. Mark Hamill's always been like, no, it wasn't that bad. You know, It wasn't that bad, but clearly his face looks His face different. is a little different. His nose, and especially his upper lip, looks like it has been reconstructed. He, he's got a bit of a fuller face. Yeah, and I think this movie was made right after. Yeah. Like, so the surgery was still sort of like, if not healing, like settling. Yeah. Can I say something about Harrison Ford in this movie? Even more handsome. He's just more handsome. He's such He's a liquid handsome guy. Sex. This is a year before uh, Raiders, maybe two years before. Yeah, Raiders is 82, 81. 
I think Rares is 81. I think 81. this is the year before. Yeah. It's 81. Yeah. So he's just he's just a fucking god. He's this the guy's best. great. Um this is I mean maybe my favorite movie character of all time. Yeah. He's he's so cool. He's the best. He has so many cool moments early on where he like he wants to ride out and get Luke. Mhm. And it's dark, and everyone at the rebel base is like, "It's dark. You can't go out there." More like Dark Vader, you know. No, thank you. Dark. And he's like, "I'll see Vader. you in hell." Yeah. He's like, "If you go out there, you'll die." And he's like, "Well, I'll see you in hell." And he goes and he gets Luke, and he rescues him, and he shoves him inside of a tauntaun. Well, I just want to put it out. So the the Wampa. That's what he does. Yes, that's what he does, and he's great at it. He's so good at it. And they steal that move in the Revenant, by the way. Ugh. Except it's like a horse, right? Yeah, except Ugh. it's doo doo and it's got no Han Solo in it. Fuck that. Movie. Wampa strikes Luke's face in a way that like really oh, yeah. affects the areas Who of cares? the. No, but no, because this I like that they incorporated it into the story. Okay, I do. Okay, you know what he would have done in the in the original Phantom Menace movies? He would have like just CGI right. the whole face onto his face. Exactly. <laughs> Instead, but, like, Luke, the Luke we met in the last Star Wars movie, he was a baby. He was a baby, and now he's a man. Right, and they could just pretend, oh, this is the same face this guy had. It's only like 10% different, but instead they made it a damage that he incurs in the line of battle. They show us that, so the rest of the movie we see a face that's like, this guy's seen shit, like he's scarred now, you know? Also, he gets shoved inside of a tonto. Yes. It's pretty weird. Yeah. And also he has a vision, like a death vision of Obi-Wan saying, you need to go to the Dagobah system and train with Yoda. Right, oh yeah, they're huge. And we're like, oh, Yoda. I don't know if I want to see Yoda. Because he's heard the voice before, but now he's seeing it. Almost looks like a little right, hologram. it's like a ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a little ghost, and he's like, Yoda, I'm telling you, this is the guy, go meet up with him. And I, if I know you, and I know you, Ben, I feel like at that moment you hear that and you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're not excited to see Yoda. Yoda's such a bummer. The guy's but a bummer. You've been kind of waiting on it because he didn't die. You knew he was he going to come back to at that. some point. He went off, you but know. I thought maybe as a bad guy. What is, Ooh. we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But at, but at that moment when they say his name, I go, uh, Kirsch, where are you And going it's with a little this? cute, like how Obi-Wan is like, shows up and he's like, you're going to go to Dago, but you take a left out of here. Right. You know, it's like a little too, specific. Yeah, very specific. Yeah. There um, you will go. And Luke's like, excuse me, I am face down in the snow. <laughs> like, I can't take this down right bloody. now, Obi-Wan. Now, uh, back on the base, the Hoth base that the Rebels have, <sighs> the fireworks are flying between Leia and Han. Now, here's my question, and this yeah. was posed on Twitter recently. Mm-hmm. Someone posed this question on Twitter, which is, when do Han and Leia start having sex with each other in this series? And... Someone threw out a theory that I thought was very interesting, which is it's already happening, but they're not ready to acknowledge it yet as something that matters, if that makes sense. I hope that's covered in the comic books. I hope they do one, a mini series that's all the dirty fucking these Star guys Wars are fuck at stories each that I each other's want. throats. Yeah. And it is hot as shit. It's so hot. It's interesting because Leia does, as you say, banter with Han in the first movie, in the, the, the New Hope. Right. Yeah. They're they're bantering. Yeah. She's really she's, you know, busting his balls. But and he, you know, he's like, eh, princess. But in this movie, they're like just like eye fucking each other and like in each other's face. Well, and they also have this like screwball comedy banter where it's like Yeah, that can be arranged. I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. When they don't know before Han rescues Luke, when they don't know where Luke is. She's really worried. She's really worried, but he doesn't realize there's like a red flag yet. And he just comes back to the base and he's like, Hey, I'm heading out. You know, rebel life isn't for me. This isn't what I'm about. 
Plus, Jabba the Hutt still got like a bounty on my head. Well, I got to wait go away a from second. This. What? Yeah. Well, he says that, and she's like, "Okay, goodbye, Captain Solo." Right. And he's like, "What? That's my point. Why he aren't go- you throwing yourself at my feet?" Yeah. Because that's all you're gonna say. Well, why don't you beg me it's to so sit? Good. You know, it's so good. So he wants to leave, but then they see that there is an Imperial attack going on, and so, so then General Rekin goes like, "No, we're not letting yeah, any ships fly out. out. You got to stay here." So huh? we've got this. Yeah, it's like, huh? There's this little like uh, detour with Luke. Gets he gets brought back and then the the the, the probe droid mm-hmm. jellyfish droid finds the base. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, we cut up to the star destroyer. Oh right, this that's, movie that's when I'm sorry. Yes, I got it out of is order. Hysterically is funny. So we funny. should talk about it. Yeah. there's this whole subplot in this movie about Vader as like the world's worst boss <laughs> and these like poor. Like functionaries on the Star Destroyer, like yeah, who have to deal with this homicidal Pyatt. maniac. Yeah. Who they're just like, I'm sorry, we we accidentally did this thing, and like the ship's kind of yeah. going to take a little while. And he's like, You're dead. You're the new admiral. Will not stop force choking people. <laughs> and what I love about this scene is Ozil is like, I think it's Ozil yeah. is like getting this readout of the little of this sort of uh, generator, the shield generator. Yeah. He's like, eh, it's Hoth. There's nothing there. And Vader's just like, looks at it for one second. He's like, that's it. We're going <laughs> there. Imagine if this was your boss. But I mean, think about it though. Like in a, in a certain way, yes, it's like a hostile work environment, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But but in another way, it's kind of exciting because like a lot of upward mobility. Oh, it's constant turnover. Your superiors could be killed at any moment. You could get promoted like well, seventeen. There's steps a weird up the story with this guy at uh, Captain Piet or whatever. Yeah. Who is the one who discovers Hoth? Yeah, sort of inadvertently, and we watch in this movie him rise through the ranks. Yes, he doesn't die. Yeah, he's like, and it is this weird little tale of like life in the Empire. Yeah, like yeah, you kind of gotta just make sure you don't die, and maybe you're gonna be in charge of a star destroyer. What are you getting there? Turn my phone to airplane mode. So all I right, say right. battery. It's really exciting. Um, so anyway, there's like Luke recovers quickly due to awesome robots. Yeah, and he's in like a space bath. Yeah. It's Meanwhile, cool. like who's here on the base? We still got R2. We still got Chewbacca. Chewbacca. We got C3PO. C-3PO. Um you got a, you got someone to say? Something well, to say? no, I mean There's Wedge, although we don't see him, but he's in this like they have these like snow speeder ships. Yeah. I really am just excited about this fight sequence. Oh, it's so, it's so good. cool. I think this is Maybe the best fight sequence. I'd agree. And this is like the first 40 minutes of the movie or on Yeah, it's real cool. It's so great yeah. to start there. It's true. He started it's, with a yeah. big action. He's doubling. Yeah. It didn't yeah. happen off screen. New and you're like, oh, opens with war? like a little skirmish, you know, but how between Smith's ship and this one. This are is, the stakes. Oh, man. The stakes are. It's a seed. This is your secret base. They're coming. They're invading. You have you to protect go. yourself. No, you got to go. Yeah. And so, oh God, the vehicles they have. They have these walkers. Yeah. They They're look so cool. They look like puppy dogs, like giant robot puppy dogs. They're like four-legged. Do you remember how in like Attack of the Clones, every ship is like shooting 14 missiles yeah. every second and looks so stupid? Too much noise. And you don't know what the Too fuck is business. going on. Too much business. You can't follow. Yeah. It, this, the walker is so cool. It's just going boom, boom. <laughs> so what's the plus of this thing? It's indestructible practically. Mm-hmm. What's the minus? It's slow. Really slow. And there you have your stakes. It's going to take them a little while. They're yeah. bearing down on you, but you can maybe evacuate. It's Dave versus Goliath. So it's so cool. We see the, you know, these like transports leaving. It's so, there's this really cool sequence. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which one? Where the trans, the first like transport leaves from Hoth. Yeah. And they fire this like sort of cannon at like the Star Destroyer that kind of like disables the Star Destroyer for mm-hmm. a minute. 
and you just cut back to the rebel base and you hear over the PA like the first transport is away. Yeah. And everyone goes like, you know, like everyone like raises their arms. Yeah. Just for a second. Yeah. Irvin Kirshner is the best director. The best. This movie is the greatest movie Can ever. Can I say made. something else? This movie is so beautifully shot. Clear and pretty. Oh, it's so great. But but even just the colors, like I love the way the last one looked aesthetically, and I think yeah. it was very well shot as well. This mm-hmm. had a different DP. I was looking at both of the DPs on these first two movies are really fascinating. But um, Peter Sushisky shot this movie. He's uh, Cronenberg's main guy. Yeah, he is. He shot like Dead Ringers and yeah, History he shot, of Violence. He shot and Naked Maps Lunch. Of the Stars. And, yeah. Still shoots his movies. Yeah. Um, this is like 70 millimeter, super like rich colors. Moody. Is it 70 millimeter? I'm all but certain. I'll look it up. Because especially in the close-ups, you and I, spoiler alert, saw The Hateful Eight. Uh, last we did. Week. We saw it last week. In 70 millimeter. How are you feeling about that one? I still don't know. Yeah, because um, we, we actually, I think there's an embargo, so we shouldn't even talk about how we felt about it. But we saw it in 70 millimeter. And that's why I never filed that review of Darling uh, Companion, Longtime Companion, so I don't have to abide by embargoes. Well, that's true. Uh, I still won't say what I think, though, because I'm still trying to figure it out. I know. Uh, which you should not infer to mean positive or negative. Right. It's a lot of movie, and I probably need yes, to see it Yes, the first again. wave of release included 126 70 millimeter prints. Thank you. But most of the movie was released in 35 well, But I believe it was shot in 70 no, millimeter. Sure, sure. Of course. There, there are close-ups in The Hateful Eight where you're like, oh, shit, that's why 70 millimeter yeah. rules. Oh, great. We can have this incredible deep focus shot of two characters on opposite sides of a, of a fucking room. Yeah, but also just those close-ups and it's like, you're, you're getting so much more performance because you're seeing all the muscles in their face in such rich detail and all the wrinkles in their skin and all these things. Um, and so you can get these like micro-expressions. It really feels like you're picking up on micro-expressions that you can't get okay, what's in your 35 point? even. I, this movie just looks it's great. fucking gorgeous. I can't get I over watch it how right well now. shot it is. I do too. I watched it this morning. I want to watch, watch it, it right now. Right now. Um, how do they end up taking down these? Uh, now, here's a big question. Do you think it's an ATAT or an AT-AT? Uh, ATAT. I agree. Anyone who thinks the opposite is dumb. It's, yeah, no. It's an ATAT. It's it's hyphen. I mean, it's an acronym. Some people call them AT-ATs, and they're wrong. No. Yeah. No, thank you. Because, spoiler alert, in the next movie, there's a thing called an ATT. ATSD. Oh, right. Yeah, but they're in this movie, too. The chicken walkers. A-T-T-E, I think, is in Revenge of the Sith, maybe. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, if you believe that, that this thing is called the At-At, then you have to also believe that the other thing is called the At-T and the at Right, yes, that's what I was thinking of. That's an Attack of the Clones, is the A-T-T. Yeah, one of those stupid chips that sucks. Yeah, dumb. Uh, this dumb. movie rules. This movie rules. What the Luke realizes. Rules. So cool. What Love can you it. do? You can fucking tie their shoelaces together. I know. Now, it's a little cute. It's cute enough. And it's a little cute because they're in these snow fuck. speeders. They're called Rogue Squadron. Uh-huh. Now, in the original movie, if you remember, they're red. Yes. You know, red two, red four. Yeah. You know, in the original shit script, they're blue. Did oh. you know that? Weird. Oh. They changed to red for some reason. No. Hey, could we talk about um, these wide shots with the models? Yes. Because so I feel cool. like this is a good example yeah. of throughout these films where... Like, fuck CGI. I love CGI. that. I love those shots. And they're the, so effective. You know, they look great. This is the yeah. 70s. Yeah. You're shooting on white, which is really hard, yes. you know, to get to make that look good yes. with models. Yes, sir. And, you know, to remove all the wires and, and stuff. And bright light. Like, they're not in shadows. Yeah. It's like, this is, yeah. Looks fantastic. Unbelievable. The AT-ATs look so cool. So cool. Uh, the speeders are great. I love the design great. of them. They got those weird kind of Snow exhaust speeders. vents at the yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. When Luke crashes in his speeder, he has to 
push the door open. Yeah, everything's you know? fucking and you feel it. It's and like real. You get this fucking open. It's not just the fact that they built a real thing, but like everything behaves in a way that is recognizable to how you know things function in the world. It makes you excited, like as someone who's enjoying the movie. It makes you kind of excited because like anyone can create something on a computer. Yes, there's something about the fact that they built it yeah. that makes it me- feel more real to me seeing it. Oh, 100 percent. You know, you have to think about like. Not only did everyone have to build all those things, but all those things had to be ready on the same day. Yeah. Like, it's the miracle of movie making. Mm-hmm. Is like, you had to get all the right actors. Right. You didn't, couldn't just be like, look, there's going to be a bunch of business right. going on. We'll figure we'll it, fix out it out later. Just wave your hands around. You had to hold individual casting sessions, cast all the right actors, build all these props and sets and costumes, and then rig up the ships, and then everything, and then get the lenses right, and then light it properly, and then get it perfect. And guess what? It fucking worked. And you watch it, and the whole time, you're coming all over the place because it's beautiful, and it defies logic that they were able to pull it off. You're soaked. You're soaked. Squirting all over the place. So they destroy the AT-ATs by tying their shoelaces. They tie their shoelaces together. And uh, most of them die. Yeah. Again, it's pretty Again. brutal life being like a fighter pilot. Luke takes after his dad, though. He's a really good pilot. He's good, and he takes down one of the ATATs all by himself using like a fucking uh, grappling hook and his lightsaber and a grenade. It's pretty awesome. Let's also mention that I think he's a captain. There's a captain with a big bushy mustache who gives Luke orders at a at, when they're on the base, and then uh-huh. is I believe in one of the ships who is played by John Ratzenberger, aka Cliff from That's Cheers. Right. That's right. All the Pixar movies. Uh, let's also point out that Leia is the boss. She's killing it. She gives this cool speech where she's surrounded by fighter pilots. Yeah. And she's just explaining everything. Carrie Fisher is what, 5'2? Yeah. And if, like, if even 120 David. pounds at this point. Like, and she's is like a, 22. And is barking basically at these guys. Not barking exactly, but, you know, she is on her shit. Yeah. She is awesome. She owns it. She owns it. She knows what she's doing. She's no, she's no, you know, you think of all the negative connotations of a princess in in pop culture. What I love about this movie is like, that's what she's like. And in the Cloud City scenes where Lando's kind of treating her like, oh, a fancy lady has joined. And she's just so uninterested. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. Cloud City. I'm Princess Leia, motherfucker. So anyway, just to, you know, the Hoth battle's really cool. Yeah. They escape. Yes. It's, a, it's a victory. Vader shows up pretty much as the Millennium Falcon is leaving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, where? Ah, God damn it. Guys, choke some more people. <laughs> and he's like, I fucking, no, I want to get here before they leave. And much like Attack of the Clones, yeah. this story then splits into two. Very interesting how in both cases, the second film, the middle Boop. film of the trilogy. We've got two. We've Everyone starts out together and then splits apart. Because A New Hope has a lot of similar story structure things to Phantom Menace. I guess they so. End in in that just ways. like a bunch of shit kind of happens one after another. Not as clear. But, but <laughs> yeah. these two are very, very similar actually in on a basic, far off, no, you're blurry right. structural you're right. level. You know? So in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah, in this movie. That we're talking about today. Right. Han, Leia, the droids, Chewbacca, they get on the Millennium Falcon. It's hyperdrive doesn't work. Oh, no. And so that's that's their journey. They got to get a new hyperdrive. Luke and R2. So, sorry, it's 3PO is on the Falcon. Right. R2's with Luke. Right. Gets in his X-Wing and blasts off to Dagobah. Try to find Yoda. On this on this advice from Obi-Wan. And we're all dreading it. We're going, oh, fuck. I hope they... Focus on He's Han and be Leia. All fear leads to anger. Yeah, Ugh. this guy, the least funny guy in the galaxy. He's going to have built a bunch of new poop chairs. Yeah, great. Ugh. Guess what? 
Yoda, we do Yoda first? Yeah. Yeah, let's do the whole Dagobah sequence first. In a shocking... So we're cutting between these two stories. In a shocking twist. Yoda is my motherfucking boy. He's the best. Yoda's my boy. He Dude. knows how to, like, deal with, like, other people and yeah. talk, like, even to, like, s- someone and not be, like, disrespectful to He's kind of sly. Like, he, yeah, he's well, kind of, like, he has good interpersonal funny. skills. Oh, he's really funny, David. Especially at the beginning. He's a laugh and a half. This is the best comedy I've he's seen. He's very, well, he's, we should say, he's a puppet. He's a puppet. Puppeted by Frank Oz. Oh, surprising. Oh. That if you let Frank Oz work a puppet. It, it seems like an actual character. Yeah. And he's mu- he's more Muppety as a result. Mm-hmm. And he has this thing where he kind of goes like, <laughs> which is very Muppety. He's much older. But it's great. He looks older. He's moving he's very slowly. Be, he's supposed to be kind of a, like a little batty, right? Isn't he's that gone the a idea? little crazy. Well, at the beginning, we think he's lost his goddamn mind. Which makes sense because you know what? He presided over the death of every Jedi yeah. because of his incompetence. Yeah. And then he secluded himself on a swamp planet alone yeah. for 24 Hasn't years. Hasn't talked to anyone else. He's probably going to be pretty crazy. Surrounded by snakes. Years. He lives in a little hut. He, yeah, lives, he lives in like a Keebler elf This is a gorgeous. Tree. It's a crazy set. Incredible. It's, it's, it's prime 80s Muppet set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. It's a lot of shit in the background. Yeah. Weird animals. Swampy. Snakes yeah. littered around. Yeah. Like bats going like, Meh! It looks like the never-ending story or fucking labyrinth or whatever. But the way Luke's like gets Fraggle there. Fraggle Rock. He lives on Fraggle Rock. It's like this like shithole. Where Yoda lives here? What's going well, on? Well, you know, and in the deleted scene, we saw it briefly. You right. Know? Yeah. And then he like he sees the thing hut. scampering, crawling through his lunchbox. Yeah. Eating Luke, snacks. Luke's here. And Luke's like, what are we doing here? He lands in like a, a bog. Right. And he's like, who the fuck are you? Get, get out of here. Now, should we say Luke? Luke's a, a pain in the ass. Like, he's a huge pain in the ass. I like him in this one. You like him in this one? He's Remember how I started, I wanted to give him originally a fail in our performance review in the last episode? I think his performance is better. That's the thing. It's not, I don't think he's- He made the big red one with Sam Fuller. Yeah. The reason I wanted to give him- Just talking about Mark Hamill here. A fail. I know. No, I know. know The reason I wanted to give him a fail in the last movie is only because I want to be able to show how much I think his performance has improved in this film. You know? And I know the last film he's playing like a whiny kid, you know? Yeah. And he's playing immature, but like the way that he shows the newfound intelligence, confidence, worldliness, you know, a guy who's seen stuff, mm-hmm. had his face slashed by a wampa. I think this is a, a really good performance. Yeah. Is Luke a little annoying as a character? Yeah. Well, he he's in this phase where it's like he he he's got this potential. Yeah, off the charts potential. Doesn't know quite how to realize it. Yeah. He's got all these new... It's sort of a puberty. He's having like this magic puberty, right? Because yeah. it's like he's suddenly getting visions. He's like kind of able to levitate things and like mm-hmm. use it but and jump around. But it's like, you know, there's, all, it's, there's sort of this extended montage basically of Yoda sort of training him. Mm-hmm. And Luke is like okay at everything. And he's really frustrated all the time. Uh, yes. He just wants to go. He wants to get Darth Vader. He wants to fucking be a Jedi. But we're missing the biggest point here. When Luke lands a Dagobah and goes, hey, do you know how to help me find Yoda? Yoda's like, ah, uh, yeah, I know Yoda. Yeah, he's pretty coy about it. Oh, he straight up does not let on that he is Yoda. And it's sort of a, you know, like, the idea is like, don't judge a book by its cover, motherfucker. Well, and Guy seems to have fully lost his mind. Like, is is bananas. Is is like... <laughs> 
fucking eating carrot sticks and like making weird sounds and yeah. like fucking he, snakes. He, he's and... made this like stew that he's like yeah. he keeps talking about how good it is. Yeah. And Luke like eats it and is like grossed out by yeah. it. I really like that scene. And Luke's like tapping his watch and going like Yoda, can we get to? Can and you then, introduce me to Yoda? And he finally figures it out. Well, because what happens? <laughs> Obi Wan like, starts talking. Yeah. <laughs> and and Yoda starts talking to him. And he's like, no patience this boy has. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like, you were kind of the same way. I mean, remember me? Now, this is a little cute. Not the same way opinion. about me. Can I say this? Yeah. Because Yoda didn't really train Obi-Wan. No, not, not at all. Obi-Wan, well, I think maybe when Obi-Wan was a child, because it seems like Yoda's kind of in charge of the younglings. Uh-huh. So maybe, like, that's when... The starter so, preschool teacher. Obi-Wan, Yoda should say to Obi-Wan, like, yeah, you were a little defiant when you were five. Yeah. <laughs> you got over it. This is a grown man in front of me. There are definitely some continuity problems uh, well, with these movies. There are, but what I like about it is trilogy. the yeah. risk is greater, right? If we already yeah. know that Anakin was in trouble mm-hmm. at age 10 yeah. or whatever, Luke, God, he's Yoda saying, says the same like, thing. this is going like, to be Like hard. his father. He says, like his father. You know, like his shows father. Anger, him, yeah. Impatience, this and that. But he's not an asshole in the same way. No, no. definitely not. He's well-intentioned. And Luke puts it Go together. On, he's like, oh, shit, you're Yoda. Go well, on, Ben. Like the, the thought I had, though, was when he goes too old and he's insistent upon that. I'm like, this is the last motherfucker you got. But remember, they said the same thing about Anakin. And Anakin was like 10. They said he's too old to start training. Right. But there was also an abundance of Jedi. Yeah. There's one dude. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is, is all you it. got. You can't be like, nah, he's but too I, old. This That's is the thing right. I like I about up. Yoda. I do think Yoda's kind of heartbroken. He's like, mm. maybe it's just over. Yeah, I can maybe see Maybe it's better that, to have though. no Jedis than an old Jedi, you know? Right. I mean, Burping Yoda seems here. to have fully lost it, but once Luke puts it together and is like, oh shit, you're Yoda, Yoda starts to pull it together and it's like, oh, maybe that craziness was a test. I do think he's gone a little batty, but he also wanted to test his patience, his reserve, you know? Totally. And the ghost of Obi-Wan is like, give him a shot. Right. And so he's still, like, hard on him. Mm -hmm. And he's still got a lot of goofy antics, but, like, he starts training him like a real person. And he relates to him like a real person. He doesn't go, like, the way he used to with Anakin, like, you're angry, stop it. (laughs) You know, he, like, explains to him why the things he's doing are this or that and throws out, like, a lot of fucking good idioms, you know? He does. It's a whole new side of Yoda. I like it. This guy rules. I liked it. I like this guy. It says do Don't or do not. There is no try. Well, also, there's this thing where Luke says, I'm not afraid. And Yoda suddenly is like, you will be. And yeah. you're like, oh, oh that was God. weird. Oh, great yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Because the puppet looks kind of demented. Yeah. Like in the way where the, the, the CGI creature just couldn't. Yeah, could not. So- on the one side, we've got this Yoda thing. And it becomes like a Rocky Four training montage. It does, except it's for It's not this. a montage. It's extended. But s- it's kind of an extended montage, yes, in terms yeah. of- But it has, except for, there's no scene in any Rocky movie where he wanders into a cave of his own nightmares. Oh, let's talk about this. Oh, my God. This scene is like no other scene in any movie. Yeah. In the Star Wars movies. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean- they're talking about the fear thing. He wanders into a cave. Yeah. Darth Vader well, comes Luke's out like, of it. Because Luke's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And Yoda's like, oh, yeah? Sure. Yeah. Uh, just walked into this cave right now. Yeah. You won't need weapons. Luke keeps his weapons. Yes. And, and it becomes- Defiant. It becomes asshole. this like very herky-jerky- like, well, I would have kept lo- my weapon, too. This is a yeah. swamp planet with snakes. Anyway. But it becomes this like herky-jerky low frame rate thing. Very weird. And this he, scene, I, can we acknowledge, this scene frightened the shit out of me when I was Oh, a kid. terrifying. Oh, my God. So, well, you saw this movie when you were a kid? I, it's, it's, you know, it's, like, it's like I'm Fox Mulder, like all these buried memories are coming wow. to the fore. Yeah. Uh, he slashes his head off, mask falls away. Who is it? Luke Skywalker. It's freaky. 
And it's like, that's, that's the fear right there. Um, and there you go. Isn't that better than maybe sitting in front of a bunch of pooping Jedis mm-hmm. who are pooping? Yeah. And in between poops, they're like, oh, but you know, you can't be afraid or fall in love because like emotions can be really bad. You know, we get it. Maybe get also it. don't show all of Anakin's Jedi training. Maybe don't have all of Anakin's Jedi training happen off camera. Maybe Because not. watching someone go through Jedi training is cool. And this is Yoda in a swamp without, like, the fucking facilities. You know, he doesn't have, like, a gym or anything to work on. But he's like, hey, Luke, why don't you do a handstand for 10 minutes while I, like, stand next to you, carry around a backpack, like, jump around. And then he's, like, you know, trying to lift stuff. And he's like, I can't do it. And Yoda's like, lifts up the X-Wing, which was submerged into the swamp. It's too big. It's too big. You can't do it. It can't be done. Boom. I just did it. And I'm a tiny little shrimp man. I'm a little old guy. And Luke's like. Well, it's impossible. And he's like, that's why you fail. Fuck you. Yeah. And he takes it, pisses on him. You fail because you believe it's impossible. It's great. Well, let's move stuff. along with this because we got to get to the other story. Ben, line. I love this stuff. Ben, but great no, movie. Of course, we got to move along. Oh, yes. Man, I mean, so, this is like. On the other side of yeah, the coin. This is actually yeah. fun for me. So on much on fun. one side of the coin, you've got Luke straining, frustrated, mm-hmm. and eventually tormented by visions of his friends in danger. And Yoda keeps on saying, like, you got to stay here and finish your trading. And, um, and and Luke's like, and let my friends die. And Yoda's like, maybe. 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 Would you rather if you Yoda's go. Yoda's pretty cold. If you don't finish your trading, you go, try to save them, and you die as well, then everyone loses. Wouldn't your friends rather that you let them die so that you can become stronger and fight in the name of their cause? And he's like, I don't know, Yoda. And Yoda's very, like, stern about this. He's like. No. Not stern, but he's like very, very strong-minded about it. But he, he's like, you need to finish your training, and you're not ready. But he gets like, he's not like saying like, I don't know what's going to happen to your friends. Uh, he's like, yeah. I don't know. You know, futures the future's tough to tell. Maybe they're going to be in hurt. Maybe not. They're definitely in pain. Back on the Millennium Falcon. It's just the hottest. It's shit just cool shit happens. It's just Han and Leia. Just cool adventures. Just bantering. Han, they're making out. Three PO is. And you, banging so, around hilariously. So funny. He's so funny in this movie. Remember when he wasn't funny for one millisecond in the first three movies? Yeah. Just as evidence. We're gonna we're gonna cut to a quick clip. Ben is obsessed with this. Ben's clip. got this clip he's gonna cut to, he's gonna find it later and cut in. Right oh man. I love this stuff. I'm gonna shut down everything but the emergency power systems. Sir, I'm almost afraid to ask, but does that include shutting me down too? No, I need you to talk to the Falcon, find out what's wrong with the hyperdrive. Sir, it's quite possible this asteroid is not entirely stable. Not entirely stable? I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Chewie, take the professor in the back and plug him into the hyperdrive. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't understand human behavior. After all, I've only tried to do my job. But... And so, that was a clip. So funny. Clip, he's a funny, job. very funny character in these he's, movies. He's this great foil. Yeah. And... What I like is it's sort of a mirroring of, because R2, I guess, needs to be with Luke. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mirroring the R2, uh, C-3PO relationship from he and New Chewbacca Hope. Chewbacca have a really funny relationship. Well, oh, yeah, but, but you know, Han and 3PO. Yeah. I, I just love this scene where Han is macking on Leia. Mm-hmm. Oh, macking God, on yes. Hard, yes. And then 3PO interrupts him with, like, this useless piece of information. They, no, they fucking straight up make out. Yeah, they're they making out. They start kissing. It's such it a hot scene. so hot. We're squirting left and right, and then C-3PO says, comes in. You're trembling. And like, oh, God. It's oh, so my good. God. I want someone to talk to me like that. Me too. That's all I want in life. 
someone to call me out on my constant tremble. Go on. They call me the tremble. Oh, and 3PO interrupts him. Yeah. Really excited. And Han's like, thank you. And like yeah. totally. And 3PO's like, oh, you. you're welcome. Yeah. It's really great. It's funny. It's good band. Isn't it good, Ben? It's really They go into a yeah. cave. They, they go into a, an asteroid field. Yeah. And into a cave. And yeah. it, there's these Minox, these weird bats. Cool. And it turns out they've been swallowed by like a space slug. Like a giant space slug. They that's awesome. In a cave. They were in a space slug. They get out just in time. Now, she goes, I'll the say, cave is closing in. He goes, that's no cave. Yeah. And it's teeth. I'm a little annoyed because Leia is a little bit of a ditz in these scenes because she's like shrieking about the bats and she's yeah. like, the cave is closing. And it's like, it's very obviously a mouth Leia. Come on. But nonetheless, it's great in general. I love the idea of the space slug. The shot of the Millennium Falcon like slipping through the teeth. It's so cool. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so now... So eventually, they're trying to evade the Empire. Yeah. They can't fix their hyperdrive. They end up on Cloud City. They get a message from his friend. Well, No, no, they're just scanning for signals. Oh, right. And he's like, Bespin, Cloud City, Lando, my old friend Lando. And it's like, we'll can you trust him? him? And it's like, I can trust him as far as I throw him. He's a scoundrel like me, but I'll say this. He won the Millennium Falcon from him. Right. In a game of chance. And he also goes, probably a game of chance cubes. Oh, problem. Where are the chance cubes? Where are the chance cubes? That's the one problem. One big complaint. Where the fuck are the chance cubes? Oh, where the fuck are them chance cubes, George? Or, there should have been a whole scene of chance cube throwing. Sorry, hey. I'm yelling. Hey. Good flashback sequence. Um, are you yelling at me because my levels were so loud? Yes. Okay, sorry. Ben doesn't want to have more work to do later. Uh, the, the key thing he says is like, the, she's like, do you think it'll be safe there? And he's like. He doesn't like the Empire. No one hates the Empire more than Lando. Hates it. Okay, so we get to Cloud City. Oh, Lendl Clarizian is played by... Billy D. Williams. Willie D. Billiams. At the height of, like... Now, people have complained. He he is wearing, like, a purple space cape, and he looks like a freaking pimp. He looks like a space pimp. But it's awesome. I don't care. I think he looks great. I don't care either. And he's, like, got this, like, beautiful mustache, and he's just, like, purring it at Leia. He's just like, oh, how welcome. Mm, Bespin, this is my cloud city. Check it out. Can I throw out one complaint? He's about- kind of like Mystery from the Pickup the pick Artist. <laughs> this movie might have- uh, He's not. He's, he's great. I love him. This movie might have too much top shelf man meat. We have some fine ass cuts of man meat in this movie. Who's the third? Mark Hamill is, I think, a good looking guy. Mm. He's got good yeah, arms. He looks good so definition up in this, in this movie. one. Yeah, no, sorry. I like I like the battle damage on the first one. He was like a pretty boy, and this one now he's got like a little rough, a little rough no, on the edges. I, I think Piet's your your number three here. But Darth Vader, Darth Vader's got fucking. You could slice a, a steak. Oh, on we those haven't two even bones. mentioned. Oh, there's that scene. Oh yeah, you see where the mask. Darth Vader apparently oh, yeah. lives in like a little cube. He, he lives, lives in, in like a, a nest. Cube. He's got like a robot nest. I thought and of it as like a lung. So he probably yeah, I think like it's like an iron lung. Like he can he can take off his helmet in but there. It's like a capsule. It's like an orb that like comes up and he like sits in it all the time. And one guy interrupts him when he's breathing. I think breathing. it's Ozzel interrupts yeah. him. And that you see hit the back of his head all scarred. Hasty white. Very white. And, like, there's this weird sense that, like, oh, I'm intruding. You yeah. know, like, even the audience yes. feels this. Where yes. it's like, oh, we, uh, this is, he's vulnerable. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't be vulnerable. Yeah. And he's telling him the emperor is calling. Yeah. And Vader's like... Fucking let's get out of the asteroid field. We're going to get a good signal for the Emperor. He is in the Emperor's palm. Yeah. The Emperor calls him. It's it's old Ian McDermott. Yep. As we remember him. Yep. And he's like, hey, have you you felt this Luke Skywalker thing going on? What's that? Right? Who's that dude? He calls him Luke Skywalker, too. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, buddy? That guy who has the same last name as you? And Darth Vader's like, he could be a powerful ally. 
if he was turned. Yeah. Right? That's kind of all that happens. They you know, they talk about the great disturbance in the forest. Yeah. Uh, it's a little, yeah, like you say, it's a little weird because it's like, yeah, well, we know who this is. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, George, we've seen five of these movies now. Uh, they get to Cloud City. Lando greets them with open arms. Guy looks good. I want to take a mustache ride. He does a little joke with Han where he pretends to be mad. But then he's like, ah, you're all right. Yeah. He's definitely like laying some like smack on, on Leia. Some Mac, rather. He's laying yeah. some Mac. Did not age Leia. well, though. I like that. I mean, it's like it's part of his character. Oh, the way he maxes. But the on way Leia. he goes sure. about it, sure. it's a little sure. He, he's yeah. a little creepy. He's, yeah. he's creepy. Oh, he's creepy. It's not the he's best vibe to it, but that's yeah. okay. But we'll I think look it's also supposed to establish there's this like slight dread where you're like, what's this guy's deal? Is he you're just right. trying to like it's, kidnap Leia. You can't like, get a read on him, and he's like showing them around. Cloud and he's City. like, I hate the Empire. I hate the Empire. This is a great place. And Solo's like, well, you're doing great for yourself. And the whole time, I think we're just like. The other shoe's about to drop here, right? Right. C-3PO goes into a corridor because he, like, sees another droid or something. Oh, that's right. He, like, goes he into gets, a hallway. Like, and then he, like, he's like, what? what's going on here? And then you just hear the door close and, like, loud sounds. Chewbacca's looking for C-3PO. He, like, can't find Chewbacca's him. the only one who gives a shit about C-3PO. They have a weird friendship development. They do. They do. Actually, I like them a lot because then, of course, 3PO is recovered as just, like, bits. Right. And, and Chewbacca kind of just carries them around on him in his back. Backpack. It's kind of great. Yeah. And also... Um, there's this thing uh, that we forgot to mention where uh, Boba Fett. Oh, this is huge. Boba Fett from Attack of the Clones. The son of Jango Fett, who now has armor near identical to his father's in but different it's all colors. scored and green and red, and it's crazy looks looking. super cool. So Darth Vader is like Vader a bunch of bounty hunters. bounty hunters. And he's like, find these fuckers. Check out this scene. It's weird, too, that his dad is just like all around him all the time. Yeah, he's like surrounded by... Copies do, no, of his dad. Do it's, we think all the troopers in this movie are all, clones? They can't all be, but certainly they were like the base, right, of the stormtroopers. And then you the think idea. they died out, and they just hired other people. Yeah, because they some... get old. Oh right, okay. Yeah, they get yeah. old. But can they keep cloning, or they just had one well, run, it one seems batch? Like I think it's like you can make. It's just people start enlisting. I think it's supposed to be a mix, but it's not clear. Not because when you hear their voices, they're not Boba Fett. Oh yeah, uh, or clearly. Django Fett. Yeah. But when you hear Django Joe Boba's voice, it's the it's Tamura Mars. Yeah, it's very unclear. Yeah. So we watch the Blu-rays, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, but look, check out this scene though. Yeah. Where you're on the Empire on the Super Star Destroyer. There's like yeah. a massive Star Destroyer yeah. now. And this yeah this this one guy is like Ugh, bounty hunters, gross. And like. The Empire has just been white guys until now. Now there are like eight crazy looking people. A lizard in a yellow jumpsuit. There's like a, a guy who just looks like a bunch of blasters that have been tied together, yeah, like a he's weird like a robot. human gun. <laughs> There's one dude. They're kind of like Ben's uh, Jedi creation. There's a fat dude yeah, with a bunch good. of like paper towels around his head. <laughs> yeah, for D- Dengar. Is named that Dengar. There's like a bug dude named Zuckus. They are the coolest. They're the best. But only one of them, uh, like Vader's gone around being like blah, blah, blah. And then you see, he goes up to Boba Fett and he says, no disintegrations. And Boba Fett's like, as you wish. And you're like, whoa, this guy must be so crazy that Darth Vader has to be like, take it down a notch. But I mean, he watched his dad be murdered in front of him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But weird to like. Sorry, I just love that scene. It does feel weird to make that character, the bounty hunter, be the grown-up version of Boba Fett because it feels like it in no way otherwise ties into 
the little boy Boba. You know, it's like oh, yeah, totally. There's so no narrative gain from that being the same person. Like, why not make it a new character? Absolutely. But nonetheless, he's pretty cool, and we've seen him. He's tracking yeah. Han. That's why I mentioned his ship this. Is he's been awesome. tracking. He's got this awesome. Ship. It's called the Slave One. Oh. So anyway, <laughs> on Cloud City, you know. Hey, uh, slave two, yeah. Anyway, I think it's slave one. Slave okay. one. Yeah, they well, get rum. The reveal, right? They That's get what rumbled. We're where to. it's yeah. so cool. Where Lando's like, yeah. Anyway, I think everything's gonna be great for me because I just made this new deal. And Han Solo's like, oh yeah. And then they open the door and Vader's there, and he's like, I'll take your gun. Right. He blocks his laser fire with his hand. And Lando was like, yeah. The deal I made table. was. And he's uh, like, please join us for dinner. And and so the, cool. the door shuts. Ugh. And Lando's like, the deal I made was, uh, Empire's not gonna fuck with me if I give. You, you to them. It's, it's Solo. It's Han Solo is being given up. And technically, he's being given up to Boba Fett for Jabba the Hutt. Yes. And he's just being tortured in the meantime to sort of lure Luke. Get the information out. Yeah. And so there's this, it's it's kind of complicated, but it's all very simply delivered where Han's going to get frozen in carbonite as this like test for Luke, yes. who's then going to be presented to the Emperor, I guess. Yeah. In carbonite. It's a way to like incapacitate someone but not kill them, but also make them to a trophy. Yeah. And so. And they keep on saying, like, we don't know if the process is going to work, it's if dangerous. he's going to be able to survive. You don't it. know if he's going to survive. And if he it. dies, whatever, then we still got a cool trophy. Yeah. Right. And then, and then, and then he'll compensate Boba for, yeah. you know, fucking up Java's plan. Yeah. But it's like a pure so, Peter cast of like. As the movie is reaching its conclusion, yeah. as Luke is coming back, yeah. you know, he's leaving. Uh, we should say he leaves Dagobah and Yoda. Uh, sorry, Obi Wan says that boy's our last hope. And yeah, Yoda says there's another. Which you know. Well, surprise, we know. Surprise. I don't understand why they're that, being so whatever. vague. Why are they being around the we bush? We know that. And also, oh, we forgot the biggest thing. Early in the movie, when Han is playing with like Leia, and he's <laughs> like, "You know, you like me so much." She's like, "Maybe you don't know anything about women." And she, and she fucking, fucking makes fucking out with Luke. Smooches Luke. And there's like, there's the kiss moment. And Luke's like, "All right." He like puts his hands. Yeah, behind he his like back. puts on his back like he's Mark Harmon in summer school. Yeah, he puts on a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses, <laughs> and he cracks open a. Shout brew. out to Chase Mitchell. We got another Mark Harmon in summer school. We did. Reference. I did that for Chase. Uh, hi, Chase. Um, but there's also the moment where they're like swinging across the divide, and like there's a moment at the end of A New Hope where she gives oh, him a trophy like, and they sort of the like cheek. wink at each no, other. I know. It's weird. It's weird how much he keeps on hammering this because all of us in watching this movie know that they're brother and sister. I hate bits. Anyway, what were weird. we saying? So, but then come on, there's the best scene in the film, apart from the bounty hunter scene, is the, the carbonite scene. Yeah. Like the, I, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. The, they, they designed this room that is like the best lit room in the history of cinema. And he's got this these, is the coolest set. These ever. little creatures, the Ugnots, who are like the the mechanics working yeah. the machine. And, I, I, and I, they have like smocks on. It's kind of like this is post yeah. Alien, and yeah. Alien comes out between the A New Hope and Empire Alien Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And like there is that weird sort of industrial feeling to it that's mm-hmm. a little more like you know Alieny. Yeah. And it's all orange and blue lights. Is it on seventy eight or seventy nine? I think it's 79. Alien comes out in 1979. Okay. So, and Han's getting frozen. Mm-hmm. It's so messed up. Oh, and the best exchange. I, I, well, this is what I'm leading up to, man. Yeah. So Han Leia is like Leia finally there. is like, I love you. And Han just goes, I know. Oh, it's so good. Which they came up with on set. And the music swells. It's this beautiful John Williams theme where it's like, da na he nah, gets nah, like nah, lowered nah, down and then they like freeze nah, him nah, and he goes like nah, 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 nah. this movie's better than a new hope i like a new hope more <sighs> well, i'm not saying this as any any insult to this film 
so good. I like the newness of A New Hope. And I, I just, I mean, I like that it's... And the shot nice Kirshner gets story. of the carbonite, like, is, like, up, oh. and it gets, like, slammed down. Yeah. And you see Hans, like, sort of pained, like... He looks so pained. He's trying to get out. And, but then he's, he's alive. Frozen. He's alive. Oh, it's so, so crazy. Oh, and Leia him. just looks so sad. She loves that man. And uh, so Hans out. Boba takes him away. Mm-hmm. Leia and Chewbacca are like being able to be kept prisoner, maybe, but then Vader's like, no, I'm gonna take them too. Right. Lando's really mad. He wakes up his robot butler. Lobot. Yeah. He's the best. He's the best. And they escape on the Millennium Falcon after a bunch of sort of like He's he kinda- like, let me take the hostages. And then once he's leading them down the hall, has his guys come and shoot at the troopers. Yeah, and like a bunch of chaos happens. It turns out Lando, eventually... Lando, because like they yell at Lando when he reveals. Oh, that they're he's very mad at him. him. Chewbacca tries to strangle yeah, and him. And he's like, "Fuck you, Lando!" Like we trusted you, and you see it in his eyes that he was like, "Maybe for once, I have to stop thinking just about myself and care about others." Which is what happened to Han. And look what happened to Han. He gained a heart. You know, Han was the same way. He was hard. Then he got frozen in carbonate. Well, yeah, but I think so. Lando, it's kind of a fifty-fifty. Yeah, Lando was like, you know, but in the words of uh, uh, Tom Hanks in uh, *Bridge of Spies*. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know what you did. It's about, can you go to sleep at night with a clear conscience? No, of course. You know? Yeah. And so Lando immediately flips spies. back. What'd I say? Oh, no, uh, I'm no. disagreeing. Okay, it's a masterpiece. My third favorite movie of the year. Uh, my first two are Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, which I'm counting as films this year because we just saw them. Um, Lando, like, almost immediately flips it on them and was like, I'm going to make it my mission to get the rest of my friends out to safe. Right. He He, he has a change of heart. It's a little quick, but, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of doesn't make sense that he betrays them, but you feel like he's immediately, once Vader shows up, he's immediately just like, what am I doing? He also made the decision All to this betray for, them. for a cloud city? He made the decision to betray them before he saw them again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you can, like, decide, like, okay, I'm going to break up with this person. You've got to meet no, up I, with I them, and it's hard when you're in person to do those things. So I think he already had the pangs of regret before he actually did the handoff, and immediately is like, I got to... Make this right. Um, and also, I mean, the Cloud City is just cool. Can we just say? It's so a cool. really cool idea. It looks so cool. Another great design element. Yeah. You've got Hoth, you've got Dagobah, and you've city got this Cloud City. Clouds. And it is the coolest setting for no. the best lightsaber fight ever. Okay, so... Luke shows up. Yeah. And is kind of led almost... To the carbonite chamber. Weirdly, yeah. Yeah, and like he sees Leia briefly and she's trying to tell him it's a trap, but he doesn't figure it out. No. There's this awesome scene there when that's happening where Lando is like almost like, let me get a look at this motherfucker. You know, like you can tell he's like, this is the guy everyone's so obsessed with. This is Luke. Vader wants this guy so bad. This Skywalker guy, whoever he is. And you could like, there's just a brief shot of him like kind of trying to crane his neck to look at Luke as he's like, you know. Going deeper into Cloud City, he's like the the Jennifer Lawrence of this universe. He's the it guy. Everyone wants a piece. It's just, uh, just like the way it all dovetails is so nice. Oh, it's a tight movie. And then he has like Vader has this showdown with him where Vader is just toying with him. Yeah, and Vader doesn't. No, he now knows. He now knows that this is his son. Yeah, he's been referred to as Luke Skywalker to his face. He doesn't know, but I mean, you, you gotta you gotta fucking. You know, he's he's put the pieces together off screen. Yeah, yes, which is good because we already know. We already know. I don't understand why they're dicking around this much. Well, I I don't hold against the movie, but like we all know. Why are you like holding this off like it's some big surprise? We've all watched the movies in the order that you intended us to watch them. Griffin, we've said it multiple times at this point. I'm gonna kill you. It's not a surprise. No bits. Um. So no bits. Hate bits. Pro Smiths. No Smiths. Smiths, But still pro Smiths. Yeah. Um. 
no Smith ship, still pro Smith ship. Yeah. Um, Vader, what I like about this fight is mm-hmm. like Vader's initially kind of like toying with him and kind of like just trying to freeze him. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you're not that great. And then Luke kind of shows up for this fight. He's mm-hmm. pretty good. And Vader is like, oh, check you out. Interesting. Yeah. And then I think that's when Vader's like, all right. Maybe me and you. Yeah, come me at, and you. Come to Papa. And Luke's like, "What do you mean, come to Papa?" Because he, he, Vader. What I like is Vader's kind of just toying. Like he, I keep yeah. saying it, but then he kind of turns it on. They yeah. have this like crazy fight. Vader like throws shit at him. Yeah, and then they end up on this like big like walkway in this like cavernous room, like huge uh, like wind tunnel yeah, thing. Right. It's all the mining operation, I guess, is what's you know what they're fighting the kind of bowels of this like mining operation. Yeah. And Vader is and like... And finally Vader just turns it on like, and just on. takes him to town and chops his arm off. Right. He chops off his hand. Yeah. Luke is his like hand. hanging at the edge of this thing. Yeah. And he's just ruined. Right. And like right above the like the gulf, like this this huge wind tunnel. And uh, he's like, come on. Yeah. He's like, join me. Yeah. Come on. And we'll take down the Emperor. And, he's, and Luke's like... And he's like, I'm Obi-Wan never told me. you what happened to your father. And, and he's Luke, like, he told me enough. He told me that you killed him. Right. And he's like, no, I'm your dad. Yeah, he's like, he says it in exactly that tone. He's like, uh, buddy, I'm your uh, father. No, I'm your father. And Luke, you know, I think this is why they save it because the reveal is pretty crucial to Luke's like emotional art. Yeah, just not to us, this the is audience. Rock at all. bottom. Yes. And he's just like, how can this be true? But he, he kind of knows, right? Like, I think he kind of knew yeah. deep down. And, and, uh, Vader says it. He says, like, look in your heart, you know it to be true. Yeah. Right? And he's just yeah. like, no. Yeah, screaming, yeah. And then I he, will never join you. And he commits suicide. He he, he jumps down. Right. Yeah. And he falls Bye, out Luke. the bottom of the ship, like the garbage chute, and then just holds on to this like antenna. Yeah, and it's a little. This is a little it's goofy. Like weather vane. The only reason I think this works is because he's rescued by Leia's own kind of recognition of him. He's there, and he's like Obi Wan, Obi Wan, help me, and like nothing. Which is pretty useless. Come on, Luke. He's a ghost. Right. And then he just goes like Leia, and it cuts to a great shot of Carrie Fisher. She plays this beat so perfectly in so close good. up. And she goes, I know where Luke is. Yeah, she's like, we got to go. And Lando, I love Lando's like, the fuck are you talking about? We just we're like left chased by, you know, TIE fighters. You want us to meet the guys who are trying to kill us halfway? <laughs> and she's like, go right here. And I love he goes there. He's like, Jesus, he's hanging he's off the right fucking thing. There. Yeah, it's pretty cool. No one, like, questions how she knew. And then, no, no, no one yeah. really talks about it. But, but she's then just like, finally, I have a feeling. finally, she got the fucking R2 turns on the fucking hyperdrive and they go. It's such a good moment. So good. And the end of this Lando's movie, like, they fixed the hyperdrive. Yeah. And then, of course, it's still busted. The end of this movie, Luke And is, he's like, it's not my fault! I love that. Billy Dewey Williams is great in this movie. He's great in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Luke gets a new hand. It looks a lot more advanced than Anakin's hand. It's got like prosthetic flesh. Yeah, over it's it. not like a green, uh, a golden like you yeah. know Frankenstein hand. It's no, a real hand. You see the inner workings, the, the but tendons, then it, it looks the sort of mechanical tendons. Me and Griffin are totally doing human. like we're an exact. Ben's just watching us like we're both tickle like, imaginary balls. We're fondling balls. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. But uh, they give him a new hand, and like the last moment of this film is like uh, uh, Lando and Lando. Chewbacca go Chewie. off on the Millennium Falcon to try to rescue Han. You know, and Luke and Leia and C-3PO and R2-D2 stand on like this, you know, medical ship. Right. But like the, the space balcony. Yeah, they're watching sort of like these, these like fleets of rebels sort of leaving. Yeah. Looking out at at a galaxy. And they look to each other and they don't know what the future holds anymore. Yeah. It's a weird ending. It's like, it's not a downer, but it's like, it's kind Mm. of bleak because it's just like, there's no sense of 
It's a little bleak. It's a real cliffhanger. It's a little unsatisfying as a cliffhanger, I would say, where it's like, okay, threads are dangling. Yeah. That's the only hit on the movie. But it's an interesting demo. I mean, you call the movie The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, lives up to the title. They struck back, motherfucker. And it's not like, oh, they struck back and then we beat them. It's like, you got to wait to the next movie. You got to wait until the Jedi's return to see if they pull it off. Uh, Great movie. Five stars. Would watch again. Yeah. All right, you want to do a quick uh, performance review? Oh, shit. Yeah, Let's so do it. I've been holding in a poop this entire time, so we got to do this really quick. All right. Uh, Mark Hamill. Plus. Yeah, hardcore. Yes. Hardcore. Harrison Ford. Thumbs up. Uh, number one of all time. <laughs> F, F, uh, uh, MVP. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. Thumbs up. Yeah, Hamill's our most improved. Uh, Ford's our MVP. Fisher's great. Billy D. Incredible. Billy D. A plus Williams. That's right. More like Billy A. Williams. <laughs> that was the joke. That, was, that, was that should have been joke. the first that was one. The joke. Yeah. Sorry. Anthony Daniels. Plus, yes, he's great. Hilarious. More like in this A movie. plus than Daniels. All right, carry on. Uh, David Prowse. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, good job, yes. buddy. Yeah. The fighting, amazing. Love it. Yeah. Peter Mayhew. Mm-hmm. Love him. Mm-hmm. Kenny Baker. Love Pass. him. Frank Oz. Pass. Killing it. Hardcore. Uh, Alec Guinness. Pass. Yeah, yeah he's Small fine. Role, but he does a good <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Bullock. Oh, Ooh. Boba Fett. Now, do you know who else this guy is? Who else is this guy? He's, He's the salty old space dog. Hells yeah, bro. Oh, shit. No yeah, way. They brought yep. him back. That's awesome. Yeah. Death, I hope you're listening, Chris. I we should have Chris listen to, listen to this episode. Yeah. The salty old space dog. We should dog show returns. up at his front door with two earbuds and, and make just, him listen to this Chris episode. Chris fucking, yeah. Salty old space dog. Uh, gives two great performances across Love this it. franchise. Um. Uh, Piet and Ozzel both get passes. Oh. John Ratzenberger gets a pass. Lover yeah. voice, Clive Revel. Clive Revel played the Emperor in the original cut. Yes, that was dubbed over by Ian the, McDermott. The Blu-ray we yeah, in the original there. cut, the Emperor is played by an orangutan. No, it's played by a lady, and they superimposed orangutan, Ooh, orangutan eyes, eyes on her. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was Rick Baker's wife. But they hadn't cast, like, um, Ian McDermott, McDermott yet. yet. Yeah. yeah, but we're watching George's, uh, quote-unquote, finished versions of the movie. Yep. Uh, everyone gets a pass. Everyone There's no bad pass. performances. Wow. No. Yeah. Uh, Dengar gets a hard pass. Love it. IG-88, killing it. Oh, God, so cool. Like, All right. Okay. Griffin, I, I, Griffin's making a face right I now. I really yeah. need to poop. Guys, I can't we'll see you this. later this week, I yep. think, to talk about uh, Return of the Jedi I'll be right? out later and this Return week. of the Podcast. Check your podcast thing, whatever your feed, your Stitcher. Your... Yeah, I use Pocket Casts myself. It's a great okay, app. Well, humble brag. Um, please email us at GriffinDavidPresent at gmail.com to tell us, do you think we should rebrand as... Blank check. Blank check with Griffin David or continue being Griffin David present as we go into the future. Well, we will soon announce what our next miniseries is going to be. Yeah. We have you guys, least, th- there's no way we can top Star Wars, but we're, it'll be fun. We have one definite one planned and there's one we're kicking around. Oh, I like the one we're kicking around. We have three maybe I'm in pretty the pumped for the one we're kicking around. Yeah. Uh, we have some good stuff coming up. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, other UCB shows. Email us. Also... Offer still stands is probably the last week of eligibility to get your free Comtech. Your Merry Christmas Comtech Comtech. chip. Comtech chip. What I'm calling Merry Comtech, a Griffmas promotion. Yep. Great. Uh, I'm going to poop my pants, uh, ladies and gentlemen. As always. And as always, I I, I seriously need to end this because I'm going to poop. I'm actually going to poop myself. <laughs>